Delightful. So I am ready whenever you are. One, two. Oh, sorry, do you want to count us in? I don't know. <laughs> we'll go one, two, three. This should, definitely, this should definitely be put at the start of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Okay, one, two, three, clap. Okay. One, two, three. Hi everyone, welcome to Irish Theatre of Play, Ireland's newest theatre podcast that focuses on all things theatre and performance. My name is Dr. Carol Quigley and I'll be your host as we delve into different areas of the theatre weekly. Each episode we'll be joined by experts in their field and we'll ask them how it works, why it works and what the theatre industry means to them. We'll leave no stone unturned as we look to break down that fourth wall. Eating and drinking is most definitely allowed throughout, flash photography is optional, and mobile phone usage is encouraged if you want to connect with us. So please, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I didn't work at all. I, <laughs> I was, definitely oh, I think this should be the start of it. Okay, okay. We'll give that a go then. <laughs> give that a go. So hello everyone. You are very, very welcome back to this week's episode of Irish Theatre at Play. Um, if you've heard any of that messing at the beginning, you will realise that I am on with one of my my messer friends, I suppose. Um, this week, I'm absolutely excited and delighted to have the wonderful, the glorious, the ever so talented the delightful Anne Blake, who is, I mean, what isn't she? Theatre maker, director, writer, actor, friend, general sound human being, supplier of jellies in the rehearsal room. I mean, Anne, you're wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on um, with us today. I might ask you to give a bit more of a helpful discussion on, <laughs> on, on who you are. Well, I can tell you, I right now, I'm definitely blushing. So thank you for That's that introduction. Good. And I also have to admit, I tended to eat jellies in the rehearsal room. I didn't tend to supply them. I, the students would bring well, you them. You replenish them sometimes. occasionally. I'd replenish them and then eat them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think you got a lot of it there. Yeah, I um I'm one of those terms, you know, theatre maker, which is, I, I think, has emerged in the last number of years because um, there was a time you became an actor or you became a writer or you became a director or you became one thing. And I think the multitasking element of the, the nature of, of the theatre world, I think specifically in the last probably 20 years, has, has meant we have become theatre makers and very few people I know are only one thing they if they're an actor they've probably written something or they've directed something or they've designed a set or you know or sound designer or or they're a stage or there's lighting designers so the ones i are the categories i fall into would be um actor uh playwright and director actually i kind of like the word performer for some right yeah, reason that's good, yeah, yeah i feel it kind of encompasses more than just yeah being on stage it kind of allows for you know in theater you tend to have to do a lot more than just learn lines and and you know you, you tend to have to 
if you lead workshops there's an element of performance mm. to that yeah. and, uh, and if uh, you teach everything. if you teach yeah yeah, yeah. performance I feel is a very kind of encompassing term mm. so yeah I I funnily enough I didn't my undergrad in Mary I when there was no theater <laughs> degree or sorry MIC um <laughs> I keep calling it Mary I get in trouble it's it's MIC yeah there we go oh. and well if you're from certain parts of Limerick it's the Mary Eye. So you know. all right. And if you're <laughs> if you go to UL, I believe it's Mary Dry. Oh, is it? Apparently, that's what. I, look, I'm a blow in. I don't know. Who, who knows? I mean, it's not the nature. You just slag each other. That's yeah. just what people do. Um, oh, but I've you're in of... UCD. They call um they call Trinity, and I'm a graduate of both, so I'm allowed to say this. Um, Trinity is the Pierce Street Institute of Technology, or the Pits. Okay, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, I my degree was from Mary I, but it was from it was in Mary I, but was from UL. So okay. I, I've heard the term Puel as well. But I mean, God, how <laughs> old very are you? mature in higher education, <laughs> very mature, very mature. I did an arts degree in in Mary I, and then I I joined the youth theatre at the same time, and then I just went and found theatre wherever I could, and and learnt along the way and then I ended up doing a master's in um in NUIG in theatre drama and theatre studies and mm. that oh I actually before that I did a certificate in directing through NUI Maynooth and it was it was what a certificate was like an, a weekend a month for a year but yeah. I mean the amount of work I had to do for that was probably yeah. a little bit only a tiny bit less than what I had to do for my master's like you had to direct a full show you direct a scene you had to do loads of essays like it was it was great it was brilliant mm. but I remember saying this is a certificate <laughs> but it was very practical it was fantastic uh, yeah and then since then I I've had the joy of directing a number of shows with um your theater students mm-hmm. the, the BA cats mm-hmm. and the cult um, the cult <laughs> I, I actually I had the very very lovely job of directing the first ever production which mm. was the, the, the crucible and and then you and I met on the ultimate challenge to my directing career up to that date was uh 448 psychosis yeah I'll so never that. forget I'd, I'd never met you I didn't know you um Mike told me look Anne's great she's coming in as director she's going to work with the first year's um, have a look at a few scripts, but she'll be open to loads of things. And I said, great. And I had what was it, 12 students, I think, taking that module. And I thought, right, I need some kind of really ensemble style script because it's not fair to have somebody playing tree number one. Exactly. So I said, right, go harder, go home. Met you for the first time and said, hey, I'm Carol. How do you feel like doing 448 Psychosis by Sarah Kane? <laughs> that was the beginning of a wonderful friendship thankfully you didn't run away it was I think think you learned everything you needed to know about me from that conversation (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'm sure if people are listening to this and they know their theatre like 448 I I read it in when I did my masters and like it genuinely scared me because it's ultimately about 30 pages of text with no characters no stage directions um clear delineated scenes that you can find but it's really down to anyone who picks up that script to do whatever they want with it and it's terrifying but um we had a remarkable team and a remarkable class and Mm. and it just turned out to be an incredible show and exciting yeah Um, and actually sorry i have to do a shameless plug here because actually this is exciting for you because i haven't told you this yet 
Um, because we just wrapped on on our first and fourth year shows there a couple of weeks ago, we haven't had people mm. in and we had our second year show before Christmas and we couldn't have an audience in. We've decided to run, I think it's going to be for a week. Um, we're going to stream some of our shows um, coming up towards the end of May. And 448 Psychosis is going to be one of those, of course. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll say more about, about it um, in the week beforehand and I'll, I'll link it on our social medias and that. But yes, you are going to be able to see that fateful, delightful performance. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that, that is wonderful. And mm. it, it, it's it's a funny thing, actually. Uh, like we were doing that terrible thing of having a shockingly interesting conversation just before recording yeah. and going, yeah. oh, no, why are we doing this? And <laughs> it, it does, you know, I, I think it's really important to document theatre and to film it. And if you can film it well, amazing. And to be mm. honest, that was a show we did it in Trust. Um, and of course, the camera, it was a three-sided show ultimately, mm. but the camera could only catch it from ultimately kind of an aerial view almost yeah. of, of the overview mm. and so obviously there's a lot of choices that are made that um for a human beings in a room rather mm. than a camera up on a height so you know something of it was absolutely was captured but it, it's it's only ever really um an element rather than the full thing and we're yet we're at a time now where this is theater at the moment mm-hmm. you know um people are showing shows that have been filmed and now people are filming shows for streaming mm-hmm. and uh it is it is a time in history that i'm sure you're going to be writing papers about for the next oh, 30 40 years <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? like it's like the academics obviously you're going to be looking at this so closely and and we're all as well going through mm-hmm. it and living it and I do marvel at what people can do, but give me a room with humans. I well, just... I actually, I, I remember something you said to me. I don't know if you remember saying this to me last year. So the very last time we met in person was on the day of a production meeting in, on March 12th last year, whereby we were in production meeting for um, a production of Marina Cars on Rafteries Hill. And there was rumours going around all day that, you know, it's going to be closed for two weeks. It's going to be closed till Easter break. The universities are closed. The schools are closed. The universities aren't. Oh, it's going to crack. Middle of the production meeting, we get uh, Leo Varadkar, I think, but pretty sure he was in um, the States at the time and said uh, universities and, and schools closed for two weeks. And we spent the rest of that production meeting going, OK, if we get back in two weeks time, we'll do this. If look, even if we get back in four weeks time, we'll do this. If we get back in the night before the show, we'll do. I mean, hadn't a clue like to say we mm. hadn't a clue is, is something else. And I mean, of course, that, that that show never went ahead. But I remember you saying to me at the time that there was all this kind of rush and push to put things online, get things online, what Zoom, get onto Zoom, all the rest of it. But that actually the most interesting theatre about this time period is going to be made by the people who are in primary school right now. Yeah. That we, we're, we're too close to it. We're too in it. We're too rushed to do it. That we'll only be able to d- define it and understand it after the fact. And, and that really stuck with me because I, th- I think you, you really hit on something um, there. Yeah. I mean, I think what I really look at um, is Derry Girls, our, our mm. moon boy. Now they're TV shows, but they're written by people who are around my age and they were teenagers in the 90s. And that's what they're writing about, is they're, teen- mm. they're, talk- they're writing about their formative years with this incredible clarity and this incredible angle um, that 
they can do in their late 30s and 40s. Um, and so, yeah, I think all of us now who are adults and who have already like gone through hugely formative periods in our life, there's more to come, but there's something very, very vital about early teens to early 20s that when you live through it, you are going to re remember it in such a particular way that I think those people are going to just make the most incredible work mm. in 10, 15 years time about the pandemic. But right mm. now, do I want to see a show about the pandemic? <laughs> no. Do I want to see it in three years time? No, <laughs> I don't. I want to pretend I can, you know, be places. But mm. yeah, that would really be the the feeling I'd have is they're going to reflect and they're going to make incredible work and and we will look on thankfully going well thank god that's over <laughs> don't jinx it we we genuinely believed in that production meeting that without doubt that show was going to go on and I think we were what week seven of the semester so we were about five weeks out from the show and we genuinely believed that show was going to go on I mean, I yeah. remember us joking with each other. Going, oh, sure, it's not like they've closed the pubs. <laughs> Two days later, they closed the pubs. <laughs> I know. It, it is. And it's quite interesting, I suppose. I, I, I took a photo. I don't... Were you in it? I don't... I, I have this feeling... You, like I, I took the selfie with whoever was in the room going, mm. maybe we'll get back in, you know, and as mm. we were all going home. And yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing is maybe the wrong word. It was vividly memorable to be in the middle of a production mm. when suddenly everything just was gone. Yeah. Um, I had two dates. Should you remember, I um, I, we recorded. We were worried this was going something like this was going to happen, so mm. we recorded a rehearsal, a full rehearsal the day before, so that if if that's what we ended up grading, which it turned out that, that is what we did, you know, that we would have something to grade. And I mm. remember. The two of us being like, look, it's just because it's, you were going, but I'm not finished directing and it's not this. And I said, oh, look, it's just so we have it. Don't be worried. Nobody's ever going to see this. Nobody's ever going to mm. look at this. It's not going to matter. Like it, there was just no concept of, of what was going to happen to theatre. But and this but this is the thing. I, I mean, I even look at my dad. My dad is going to be 80 next month. And in everything in life, there is like a recession, even mad war breaking out somewhere. Um a boom, <laughs> anything. My dad has lived through that and mm. we're able to talk about it. This is not something my father has ever lived through. Normally we have a generation mm. who we can refer to, whereas my grandmother, his his mother, would have been like got Spanish flu when she was 12 in, 100 years ago. And she, <laughs> the the priest was blessing her and saying, you're going to be a little angel. And she's like, I don't want to be an angel. I want to live. <laughs> and like, but, you know, my grandmother died early 90s. And like, there's no one to go. What do we do in a pandemic? Because it's not, it's not in our um, generational memory to mm. how to deal with this. Mm. And, and as I said, my dad is like, throwing his hands to him like I don't know what to do in this time either and and I think that's really you know there isn't a hey lads this therefore that um yeah there are experts in there's countries that have gone through stuff like this but we're not it's not in us to know what to do in this mm. and, and like that you and I were like well we'll still get to do the show and I remember that brief letting go of things mm. 
that brief kind of um oh so okay so you know St. Patrick's Day is not happening or whatever oh so okay the show's not happening oh okay so I have a show called the morning after the life before that was due to tour in the summer into Cork and that I had done interviews with the Cork examiner and the Irish examiner for it and suddenly it's like oh that's not gonna happen mm. oh hang on um we can't leave the country like <laughs> you know there's no holidays ever going to happen again oh and I think that gradual oh Christmas isn't going to happen you know mm. where you're you're just suddenly your, your world just gets smaller 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 and you realize uh like I remember actually that week that week when things were closing for us um my my missus Jenny was kind of like woo maybe I don't have to go to work you know she's been kind of happy and I was getting really shitty. I was like, like, don't say that because then my show doesn't happen. Do you know mm. what I mean? I was like, I was kind of grieving and getting really upset. Mm. And then and then that just was the reality. But I think what was really interesting was that kind of incremental accepting of things going, oh, oh, Jesus, mm. we can't do anything anymore. And nothing is what it used to be. Mm. And that was really strange. Oh, but sure, even I remember when, so we should have been married in in June of last year and I remember at the end of March we made a decision to postpone then and people thought oh you're going a bit early and the way it transpired it's because where we were getting married we were contacted and told regardless this is going to be closer the summer whatever and we decided to push it a full year because I'm an academic and the summer works and all the rest of it and people thought you know we were we were totally out there moving it a full year you know most people were moving it a month or whatever at that point Mm. And I remember when we moved to be like, oh, sure, the, imagine the party next year. It's going to be absolutely wild. We're going to be partying for a day. And I mean, we weren't having a massive wedding anything way, but I was like, no, it's going to be massive now. We'll have to do a big thing and make a big weekend of it. And we've moved it again. Oh, you know, oh, <laughs> sure, listen, yeah. we'll get there. Oh, but but I like, like as if it's not stressful enough without a pandemic. <laughs> Jesus, that's I know, yeah. How do you make wedding planning more fun out of pandemic? But like, I genuinely, when we moved it originally, there was just no concept that things wouldn't be back to normal, whatever the hell that means, you know, by by now. Well, Wachi, I might make a slight amendment for my earlier assertion about interesting work being made only by young people. Uh, <laughs> I can see in about three years' time, you know, you may be making a, you know, wed- the wedding planned them some things. I'm going to show about your... I did at the musical. <laughs> so kind of, you know, if I think about my own my own show, which is about the marriage equality referendum mm. to getting married you know I wrote that you know um I I wrote it kind of I started in 2015 around the referendum but I couldn't write it properly till 2017 and mm. I'm wondering now do you finally get married and once it does to settle and a few years pass you might look back and go like I have a hell of a script rattling around in this brain <laughs> because well, it's I, formative it's for yeah, it's a major yeah, yeah. formative thing yeah. happening in yeah. this crazy nothing time you know and um I someone described it to me as horizonless and I, I just think yes it's what's fascinating I had some people going to me oh you must be writing loads of plays I'm like well, I have a friend who's a novelist, and yeah, he said this is great. I, I lock myself away and I can write. But um, my work and ideas come from meeting humans in mm-hmm. in in um, 
in the world and in life and mm-hmm. and being in rehearsal rooms and being around people and artists and creative people and also just being around people <laughs> that's where that's where everything comes from mm-hmm. so and also when there's no prospect like I say in horizonless when there's no prospect of putting a show on it's like well what the hell am I writing this for is the kind of mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's right I'm just saying that's what rattles around is like why am I trying to make work when I don't know if I'll ever stage it or you know I don't know will this ever happen so I mean that, that I'm saying that's just the mindset I'm not saying that's that's accurate or that's mm. the way things are but mm. I certainly find it's not for me it's not a conducive time to feeling really inspired or finally I have all this time to lock myself mm. away uh, no <laughs> no I want to get out into the world again you know yeah. um which is kind of it's interesting to discover that I suppose yeah and speaking of getting out into the world remember when we used to do that um how do you find why do you like working with students I'm not going to say do you like it because if you say no well then I don't know (laughs) awkward (laughs) a bit awkward how do you find working with students as a director um because you've worked with us on Three, four, four shows. Three and a half um, shows. Three, three and a half. <laughs> three and a half. Oh, I feel I felt so sorry for that cast. You know, mm. they just actually. There, I directed their first year show, and I remember they closed on Good Friday, and it was at the time when the pubs weren't open, so they didn't even get a proper rap night, and then they didn't yeah, get a proper yeah. show. Anyway, um, I I really enjoy working with with young performers or, or developing performers um because there's an awful lot of creativity and an all of openness um like I, I sometimes the work I do I find I'm working with younger age groups and uh you're just trying to get them to participate or to get them mm. to to just open their mouth and it's all a bit pulling teeth and it's a bit hard but it's a different experience whereas mm. I love working with uh, young artists who are discovering their area and but obviously performance they all have to do performance there's always a great openness there's always a great um curiosity and uh I suppose like I would be very well researched when I'm going into a rehearsal room I'd have a very clear idea of of I'd understand the text I'd know what I was going into but I would have no idea what the show was going to look like I think most directors are like that honesty but what when you've got a vibrant um bunch of young no people students there they can be any age who are just up for it you can achieve so much and I especially I suppose 448 being one that say you and I both worked on that actually did go to production um I'd go into the room and I'd say, I have no idea what's going to happen today. I'm going to do these things and we're going to figure it out together. And that's always what happened. Um, I've realized recently, I think with directing, I used to think, you know, you read all these different approaches and there's all these different methods and, and uh, all these different techniques, which are incredibly valid and brilliant. But I, and I think if you study them all, then you've them all to draw from. Mm. But I really feel directing and any creativity really, I, I go into the room with a set of principles and I let it flow from there. And you, 
when you've got people in the room who are open and students tend to be very open because they're there to learn mm. and and surprise themselves with what they can achieve mm. then you can you can just make the most amazing work which of course you can do with professional actors 100% you can achieve incredible things with the professional actors we but we don't want to say it's all downhill after college no <laughs> no because once you're a professional actor you show up and there's a lot less warm-up mm. paths to be done there's a lot less like there's always a little bit of performance training in yeah. in, in, in 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 college that once someone's a professional actor you, you know they kind of de- often even tend to do their own warm-up or, you know, I know I would do that myself. You wouldn't, ne- depending on the room, they wouldn't necessarily all be up for warming up together and, mm-hmm. and that's cool too. But there's just something very exciting about student work and it's mm. risky and, yeah, and people haven't decided that they don't do that, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> there isn't these lines drawn. So you can you can try things out, but I would also I'd be very mindful. I wouldn't ask anyone to do anything in a show that they weren't comfortable with or if they if they flag something with me, I would mm. I would respect that, you know. because uh, I, I grew up in the time of whatever you get asked to do, you have to do it or else yeah. you know you're not an actor or else the director is gonna you don't want it enough. You don't want it. You're just, difficult, all that mess. That was just to facilitate misogynistic, yeah. megalomaniac gals who just don't care. And it's about them. It's not about, yeah. it's not about, it's about mildly traumatizing people rather than mm. actually giving, having a beautiful, creative, collective experience. And the, I mean, the thing with working with students, particularly those doing a degree is, as much as it, it is about creating a performance and all of that, it, it is a learning experience for them. They are modules yep. that they are graded on, you know, like they they have to, and it's not just about performance, they're graded on a whole pile of different things. So it is a learning experience. It's specifically a learning experience for them. Mm. So if you end up with all that heteropatriarchal misogyny nonsense, then it, it, it's, it's not going to work for anybody. And if you're looking to be worshipped or idolized or whatever, which can happen, you know, um, you know, students can be like, think, oh, directors are great. And, and it's a lovely thing because I've been that actor as well, who's mm-hmm. really been amazed by a director. But it's your responsibility and your duty of care to go. Um, you know, I, I, I appreciate your and I appreciate you right back, but um this is your show and this is your mm. thing and mm. um and go own it rather than you are nothing without me <laughs> don't forget that <laughs> i made you kind of bollocks which i've heard people say to people they answer yeah. to me but yeah. i've heard those words mm. uttered to other people and mm. that's just gross you know yeah. so i just i always feel like shows they're kind of like a plane and uh they're big and heavy and unwieldy and there's just this po- and and you know they start off kind of fun and then there's this point in rehearsal where everything gets a bit you know ugh, it's a bit of a slog and then it just starts to take off and once that happens you're just kind of guiding it and it's just wonderful when the creativity starts to flow and it's not it, it, you're getting out of your own way. Everyone's getting out of their own way and and it's just taking off. Um, I remember actually with 48, there was this lovely scene 
because the original production and we used to talk about this original production was three people Mm. sorry if my dog's barking sorry about that uh (laughs) it's an online world all pets are welcome it's an online i know and um three actors and they would take whatever lines every night like terrifying stuff and so every night was totally different um so while we didn't do that because we what 11 actors in the end i think um i'm really sorry about that i will it's all uh, good can you hear her is she barking very loud tiny bit no it's all good it's all good okay welcome welcome it's (laughs) theater everybody's welcome everyone's welcome yay uh a maple she's uh She's she's a black lab, so she'd fit right well in theatre. She could be a techie, you know, she'd Delightful blend right. stagehand, wonderful. <laughs> but basically, we left a little nod to that original production in our production in 448, where there was one page of text where the the direction was literally take a line. And they every night, just that page. Mm-hmm. they would all play and yeah. they wouldn't know who'd say what line. And it just, oh, every time, every time they rehearsed it, every time of the night, it was just that feeling of, oh my God, what's going to happen next? And that excitement. But that's to me is like the plane taking off, you know, yeah. that kind of just, oh, this is no longer about a director managing and, 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 uh, you know, like there were parts of play that were very specific and choreographed in that. But this is a bit where it's just, ah, it's gone mm. and it's gorgeous and fun. But sure, I mean, even with, so the, the three performance modules that you do as part of our program, they're called Ensemble Performance 1, 2 and 3. So even though in first and fourth year you have a known script and we get in a professional director to work with you, whereas in second year you, you devise the show yourself, it, it is ensemble. It's very much about coming together and working as a team. And one thing that I love is that whenever you're working as director, I'm, I produce it. So I'm, mm. I'm academic lead for the module. So I'd be in and out of the room, but I wouldn't be in the, the majority of rehearsals. And what I love is particularly in a new week, coming in and just seeing what's going on now and and not you know not just in terms of oh how much more have they blocked or no not that going in and seeing where are they at now where are the performers at where do they feel that they're at you know because at the start say particularly with 448 where um you know they were first years at the wonderful first years who who are now just 24th year which is Mm -hmm. terrifying but like they were first years they kind of didn't know what to make of this play um, I was really even trying to be very careful about how I told them about the play that they were doing and not to look too much up online and all the rest of it. And at the start, they're kind of going like, what, what is this play? What do we do? Mm. And and each week you could then see them go, oh yeah, yeah, we got this. Oh yeah. You know? So yeah, it's, 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 it's delightful. It's a gorgeous voyage of discovery. And mm. I think as well, so, well I, and I know I'm kind of still answering that question, why do I like directing students? It's I just think um, there's just a marvellous openness. And I remember actually a couple of years before that, I had directed the trial with Limerick Youth Theatre, which to me is sometimes a bit of a similar experience to working with third level students, because even though a lot of them might be under 18, they're doing it in the time, they're completely and utterly in it and mm. committed. And 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 actually, funny enough, one of um, the now fourth years who was in four forty eight in first year, Jill McNamara, was in the trial. She was mm. only like fifteen at the time, I think. And uh, Limerick is very insular. <laughs> well, it's a small Once you're in it, you're in it. 
if you if you go to youth theater and then you go to ba cats you're, you're going to yeah. meet me along the way somewhere anyway yeah. but um the, the, i i have this memory one day of being in rehearsals and and the trial is very much an ensemble show with tons of scope as well and there was a scene in a church and I remember I was like, okay, okay, I know what we're going to do. And they're going to all be humming and they're going to be blessing themselves and, and genuflecting. And, and this priest is going to come out and he's going to be blah, 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 you know, speaking. And, and we were doing it. And talk about the opposite of the plane taking off. It was like a lead balloon. Mm. The, air, the air was really heavy. You could just, I could feel like AI was trying to push them up a hill and and I was getting frustrated on you know I was like they're not getting it you know <laughs> and I say like, okay let's just take five so we, we took a coffee break and one of them was walking out and I think uh, her name's Jenny Akaga she's got I think she went to do the performance module in, in University of Limerick um the singing and, and performance module uh BA and um I just heard her kind of lightly say to someone you know it'd be cool if it was like one of those goth churches you know and she went off and I went um uh I kind of took a little second they all came back in from their coffee break and I said you know I heard you Jenny you know uh, in case I was going to claim this is my own mm-hmm. idea <laughs> so let's destroy that so they had some choral work you know they had to say things together and suddenly they became this terrifying group of people smiling and speaking chorally and it was much scarier than people oh you know humming mm. And then the priest came out and was this terrifying preacher. And it was so much more menacing. And it and like that, I said, the, if the plane began to take off, I, I didn't have to do a lot. I then, like they played, they had fun. And then I formulated and we put a shape on it. But I suppose what's really fun is not to sit there and say, give me ideas, guys, but to create a room with them where their ideas emerge. And, and, yeah. and, and, and we... Uh, you know we share them together it's not like uh they are these pawns and i came in with all these amazing ideas it's like no no we just create a room where where people can discover this stuff themselves that's what i said a set of principles rather than a regimented method as such um but drawing on lots of methods but the principles are generally around um being uh being playful being kind um and being open and you know and, and being structured as well mm. do you know what I mean like we take mm. our breaks we we start on time we take our breaks you know but then within that room we you know people feel they can make a sound and try things out and if it doesn't work who cares that was good we tried it you know yeah my ideas yeah. don't work that's cool and you never know what happy accidents are going to happen and I always say to students happy accidents are the best you know yeah um, well, I mean, we could we could literally sit here and talk for hours about this kind of thing. Um, sure. But but thank you so so much for coming on and chatting with us today. Um, just one final thing before we go. What? Because I know some of the COVID stuff can be kind of depressing sometimes. What's next for you as a theatre maker post COVID? Should we dare to? That's venture? a very good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am working on, I'm like the very early stages of kind of a cross discipline piece using Wolf Tone Street. Do you know cool. um, yeah. where, where Charlie Malone's is? Um, there was a... Um, the only pub in Limerick I know. The only pub. <laughs> I'll have to bring you to another pub whenever they open again. Um, there, 
there was a Hollywood starlet called Constance Smith uh, from Wolfton Street in Limerick, and she she grew she went on to never quite make it, you know, and kind of come to a very sad end, like so mm. many stories. There's a beautiful mm. mural of her on the side of the Treaty City Brewery on Kings Island, and uh, so myself and Joanne Ryan, uh, another Limerick playwright, a theatre maker like myself, um are working with Ormston House on it. We're going to work with going to work with the community to create a promenade piece. We don't know what it's going to be, but inspired by her life. And Amazing. that's that kind of work is going to happen over this summer and, and early into next year. Uh, there's been a few projects that kind of went on hold um, mm. due to some performance work with Veronica Dias. And um, I actually did get to do a little bit of theatre. Um, a friend of mine, Roisin Stack, who did the MA with me in Galway, actually, she got selected for uh, something called Futures for Dublin Theatre Festival. Where, oh, class, yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah, she yeah. had a piece of work, No Woman is an Island. So we worked, I got to direct her for two weeks in Galway and it got filmed in Nuns Island Theatre. It, it was just like how exotic... Um, that was I can't describe like mm. I've gotten to as I said Joanne Ryan my friend who has toured to Malaysia and Australia and all these places with her show I've done a lot of touring I've gone to New York I've gone to Canada with a show but when I told her I was going to Galway for two weeks to work on a piece of theatre she nearly cried <laughs> she was like it sounded so exotic and amazing <laughs> and um and that's that piece got filmed and hopefully it, it might have another life again no woman is an island it's all about um loneliness but really fascinating really cool piece of work and uh so a few little pots boiling um but yeah not 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 the amount i'd like to have and uh as I said to you, it's hard to kind of create or, you know, mm. someone saying like writing is something I love to do as well. And that hasn't been happening a lot. So um, we'll get there. We'll get there. And hopefully and I'd love to fails, come back into us. That's what I was going to say. I would dearly love to to work with the students again sometime. They're well, even, you know, my friends are wonderful. So so as I said, the, the guys who did four for first year, they've just finished fourth year. Um, so they've gone through three full shows and um, mm-hmm. the, the show that they just did was Girls Like That by Evan Placey. And I decided when we were picking the, the script this year that it was about time that they did a script by a man because they'd never been directed by a man, never been produced by a man, never done work um, by a man. And I thought, oh, Jay, we need to show them now that, that the old lads can they can write a bit of theatre there, too. <laughs> And it was all about women. It was all about it was all about women. You know, it was great. I just think in this world that we live in, that 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 was just remarkable that they got to fourth year. No production team, no director, nothing. Never. That's so funny. That's so funny. And so rare. But yeah. uh, Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we we'll just keep you see, this is it. You need to kind of push so far the other way that eventually you get you get a bit of gender parity, but uh, <laughs> it takes time. <laughs> so me oh, and yeah. you back together as the dream team. We'll do a script yeah. by a woman. We'll just we're not here to take part. We're here to take over. <laughs> <laughs> That's just kind of gets everything I've just said for the last two. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should probably end this before I get myself in trouble. 
<laughs> I was just thinking. I was just thinking. And, and look, uh, I know before uh, we were on air, we talked about uh, Lingardner's comment mm. about monks and printing presses. You can have that for another for another podcast. You you can you can pass that on to to another. You can't podcast. leave that as a little dangly there now. That's exactly what it is. Tune in next week, guys. Okay, you got to find what out what what we're, what Lynn Gardner means about monks in the printing press. And yes, on that note, Google. my dear friend <laughs> Anne Blake, thank you so much. It has been an absolute joy and a pleasure. And hopefully, I will actually see you soon, and you can bring me to a pub that isn't Charlie Malone's. I will do probably all those in Charlie Malone's. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Carol. Thanks. Thanks.